Praise the Lord, everyone. As always, glad to be in the house of God this morning with you all. And um, glad to have this privilege. As I always say, it's something that I don't take lightly. I understand that the work of God is not something to be taken lightly, regardless of what facet you're working in, uh, knowing that you're doing it unto the glory of God. That is extremely important. Amen. So whether you're cleaning the toilets, whether you teach a Sunday school, whether you're preaching a message, whether you're just clapping hands and singing songs, whatever you contribute to the service, it is important because you're doing it unto the glory of the Lord. Amen. And I'm so glad to be a part of the body of Christ and knowing that there is hope in all of this. We're not just doing this systematically, programmatically. We're not just doing this just to be doing it, but there is a reason behind it all. Amen. Praise God. So I'm glad for that. We are going to go back to 1 Samuel chapter 17, and we're going to try to uh, get through this and see if we can complete lesson one. The beauty of having service every week is that you don't have to rush God's work. Amen. I don't believe in rushing stuff. That's important. Amen. My wife used to always make fun of me because I teach that uh, into his marvelous light Bible study. And I, I love using that amongst others. And I'll sit down. It's supposed to be designed to teach in one hour. But I have yet to be able to teach that in one hour. When I sit down with folks, you know, a lot of times they're intrigued, they're interested. And some questions I don't entertain. But when you ask them, when you got folks that don't know how to read through the Bible, Sometimes you find yourself just giving a lesson on that. And then when they start to understand how one thing feeds into another, how the Bible's designed, you know, you start incorporating all those things that's in that lesson. Sometimes they start asking questions about, well, you know, I heard about this. And it just so happens to deal with the lesson. Well, you ask the question, we're going to go there. Amen. But that shows that they're paying attention. We don't minister according to time. We minister the standard, right? For all the army folks, y'all know that came. <laughs> Amen. So I'm glad I don't have to rush nothing. We take our time and we go through what God wants us to um, go through his word and get what God wants us to get. Now, last week we we started out with and I wanted to go through first Samuel chapter 17 because there's a lot of points and I don't have to give you all of them. But, you know, there's some th- there were some things that stood out to me. And this is all part of identifying. If you look at lesson one, it's talking about identifying the character of a conqueror. What is a conqueror made of? OK, what does a conqueror need to know? And these are the things that we're talking about. But drawing from the scripture focus in first Samuel chapter 17, you see a lot of things that have to do with leadership um, and just how you carry yourself as a child of God. Some things you can draw from that. And we left off at verse 30, I believe it was. And we talked about David and how in his appearance on the scene with the battle that was set up between the Philistines and the Israelites. And so we will continue with uh, David. 
arrives his father tells him go down there and see about the affairs check on them and see what's going on bring them some cheese and some you know some stuff to eat and uh and see what's going on and see what they need so david goes down there he makes it down there, and all of a sudden he finds that while he's down there the philistines or the uh, goliath from the philistines he comes up and he does his challenge like he's been doing for the past 40 days or so he's you know threatening the uh israelites or he's just basically challenging them and say send me a champion send me somebody that's gonna fight with me nobody goes everybody runs and hides including the king but here comes this little runt boy david keeper of the sheep and he hears this and he starts inquiring about what's going on so in verse 30 he has already spoken to one of the soldiers to try to figure out what was happening. Why was Goliath coming up here? And why was we letting him do that? What was the king going to do to the man that defeated Goliath? So he turned from one toward another. He spoke the same things he spoke before. The people answered him the same way. Okay, in verse 30, I'm just paraphrasing. Verse 31, it says, and when the words were heard, which David spake, they rehearsed him before Saul and he sent for him. So all of this becomes there's such a stir about what David is doing. It goes before the king. Saul said to David after David arrives, he says, uh, David told Saul, he says, let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant, uh, thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Saul said to David, thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. For thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. The, the kids downstairs were singing a song. Thank you. The kids were downstairs singing a song. says, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But set an example for the believers. You know, the Bible does say that out of the mouth of babes, right? So. Here's the deal. Sometimes we can look at folks because of how long they've been doing something and there should be a respect and reverence. But I've come to find that everybody that's old ain't necessarily mature in what they're supposed to be. Now, I, being the youngest person in here, I'm pretty sure. I understand. OK, my wife. Thank you. I understand how some can look and say, well, who are you? You have the audacity to say that. It's the truth. Some folks that should, well, Paul said what? When you should be eating meat, you still sucking on a bottle. Can, can, I, can I be truthful? Y'all are right, right? This is the church, right? Now, and I'm throwing myself in the bucket now. But why should a pastor have to preach and teach about being on time to the service? Why should he have to preach and teach about being a witness outside of the church building? As if we didn't know. As if it was a new thing. 
because I'm pretty sure that most of us in here have been in church for more than a day, a week, a month, a year. That should be second nature for us, right? Why should we have to preach and teach about making sure we're reverencing the house of God? I'm amazed at how many folks come in the house of God, in the sanctuary, and just disrespect the house of God. Come in here with food, burgers, and everything else. I mean, it was bad enough you was bringing, you know, we got to have bottles of water, I understand. But you come in here with a full meal, you in the back eating pancakes and stuff. I mean, but people do that. But we're not talking about people that's just coming off the streets. We're talking about folks that's been in the church for a little while. I told Pastor the other day, I, if I had to get up off that keyboard to get my children because they're acting unruly, then that's just what's going to have to happen. Because they need to know. But if I'm not doing nothing, I'm not on the music, I'm not doing anything else, and my children just acting wild, acting crazy, pastor shouldn't have to teach me that right if i've been in church for a little bit of time then i should know to correct that right come on y'all don't look at me like i'm crazy it's the truth i don't even know why i got on that oh yes i do Saul was a king. He's been doing this for a minute. He understands the nature of warfare. He understands that you win some, you lose some. The facts of war, the environment, everything that goes with it. He's been doing this for a little bit. This ain't his first battle. But yet and still, here it is, a little kid. Coming up to David. Now, there's such a stir about what's going on. A little boy comes, a shepherd boy. He's inquiring as to why we're not doing nothing. You ever had little kids ask you questions about, you know, stuff that you probably know you should be doing? Or maybe stuff you shouldn't be doing? Dad, why are you not doing this? You know, that Sunday when you don't feel like going to church and you ain't really got no good, legitimate reason, not no excuse, but a reason. Dad, why we ain't going to church today? Don't worry about it, boy. You sit down, son. Ask me no question. Don't question me. It's a legitimate question, though, right? Here it is. David is asking the same thing he's asked everybody else. Now he's before the king. So he says, hey, listen, don't don't worry about what Goliath is saying. Why are y'all fearful? He says, I'll go fight him. Saul looks at him and says, but you just a little boy. How many times does kids get stifled? From operating in the things of God. Anybody heard of P7? It's an awesome program. Which you know they're trying to get it started. Uh, at least I don't know if it's passed beyond Wisconsin, is it? But I've heard of some awesome testimonies. 
Homans was approved. Praise God. They were just talking about that this past revival they had. Now they're starting one out there in Homan. And it's an awesome program when you when you listen to the concept of the program and you listen to some of the testimonies of people whose lives have been impacted, young people whose lives have been impacted and changed because you got young people reaching out to young people. Some, you know, the best way to reach some of these young people is to use young people. Because they look at us, even me, I'm young in my eyes, but they look at me as an old person. We expect you to be like that. But who do they question every day going to school? My daughter's going to school. Why are you wearing a skirt? They get it. And my daughters would be glad to tell them. Sometimes I have to, you know, tell her what they what they say, but they, they'll be glad to tell them. This is why I do what I do. That's awesome. And it stands out. You may not win the whole school, but I tell you what, no one can deny the impact that's being made. Amen. So David is talking to Saul. He says, I'll go fight him, right? And I'm going to just paraphrase this so we can get into the rest of this stuff. All right. Saul finally decides. Now, David tells his testimony. He says, listen, I'm a keeper of my father's sheep. He said, I've been watching over my sheep. And lo and behold, one day there was a bear that came to try to get some of my sheep. Now, I told you I'm paraphrasing. He says, but I delivered the sheep out of his mouth. And when he rose up against me, I took him by the beard and I smote him. He says, oh, by the way, if that's not enough, there was a lion too. And I encountered him and I did the same thing to him. The next verse that he talks about, he says, the Lord delivered them into my hands. And he's so here he's saying. The reason why I was able to overcome was because of what God allowed me to do. Now, this little boy understood that. And he goes on to say, Goliath is no different. So in other words, what David was saying to Saul, he says, listen, I may not have been in the combat that you've been in, but I understand what it means to go up against some things that seem a little greater than what I am. I'm not new to opposition. I'm not new to challenges. May not be the same face of what you're dealing. May not have been Goliath. It may not have been out here in the, in the battlefield. But I've had some battles of my own that I've encountered. And it was because of the power of God that enabled me to overcome my enemy. Well, you can't refute that. So what did Saul say? All right. I'm going to let you go fight. Then he starts to try to put his armor on, and I won't get into all of that because that's a whole nother message, whole nother lesson. But the bottom line, he tried to put Saul, tried to put his armor. Y'all see what happened? You can shift authority to someone else. You can give someone authority, but you can't shift your responsibility. 
if you have been placed in a, in a position to do something, I don't care who you ask to do it for you. Guess what? At the end of the day, you're still responsible. Saul tries to place his armor on him and David, you know, they got it all together. And David says, wait a minute, wait a minute now. Hold on. <laughs> Listen, this is all great. He says, but this is too much. I haven't proven this. I haven't trained in this. This ain't even my size. What I wonder is a lot of the giants that we face in our life, how much of it is us trying to put on things on ourselves that really doesn't belong to us? What did Paul say in Hebrews 12 and 1, I believe? Let us lay aside. Some of us are carrying extra weight that we weren't designed to carry. So it's no wonder why we can't win the battle. But David had enough wisdom to know this is not mine. This does not belong to me. So guess what? Go ahead and hold, you know, just just keep all that stuff. Because I didn't have none of this before with the battles I fought. My protection came from the Lord. I'm going to go out here with what I know to use. It's not a sword. But it's a sling. It's a slingshot. Goes out there, and we know the rest of the story. He gathers five smooth stones. He goes before Goliath, and Goliath snarls at him. This little runt, am I a dog? You going to send this little kid out here to fight me? David starts to speak. <laughs> it invokes something in Goliath. It, it provokes something from Goliath when, when David starts to speak and says, hey, you know what? You come at me with all this other stuff, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. And today I'm going to defeat you. Now, you know, that's got to be God. Remember what we said last week, right? Goliath was almost, what, 10 feet tall? The indication I get from the scriptures is that David wasn't really that tall. He's a little boy. But you know that's got to be God. To stand in the face of that and say, it's only me. Everybody else is hiding. Everybody else is just, just ran away. Everybody else is afraid. But I'm going to stand because I know the power of God is real. And if I'm operating in the power of God, it's going to help me to overcome any obstacle that's in my way. Y'all with me? This is important. A lot of times, you know, I was watching my, my kids yesterday. They were playing around the house and, you know, they get to play and play and fighting or whatever the case may be. And I watched. And the one that was... You got the younger ones. And, you know, they, they don't have no sense of danger or fear or anything like that. You know, so they just, they going at it. And I watched one of my other ones, a little bit older. It says, I'll jump in and I'll fight. <laughs> when it was time to fight, they said, go. And they just stood there. So then when things start transpiring, they start going back and forth and they just start 
when they actually engage, the one is just like, because if I don't provoke anything, then it won't be as bad. So I said, I said, y'all got to, I said, y'all got to get over it. Now this, I'm thinking now, life lesson. I don't want y'all fighting. But like I told the individual, don't you ever feel like it's okay for people to run over you. Don't be quick to bow down to just anything. You got to be willing to take a stand. You can't be operating in fear because you live your life in fear, it's going to destroy you. This is what I'm telling my little kid out of this scenario here. So I says, I says, why won't you, why won't you fight back? Gave all the reasons, excuses why they won't. I said, no, I said, it's because you're afraid. They didn't want to admit it, but that's what it was. I says, you can't grow up in life living in fear. Now, I'm not an advocate, and they know I'm not an advocate for fighting. I was just watching them play around. But it was interesting to me how one just, it's okay because they're watching somebody else. Woo! But when they get in the fight, it's like, let me, let me think about this again. Maybe I shouldn't have put myself in this position. David himself was willing to go out and to fight a battle that he really shouldn't have to have fought. But David fought it because nobody else would step up. And obviously we know that this was God ordained. God prepared him for this battle. Everything that David faced up until now, this was a unique battle. Remember what I told you all last week? It wasn't conventional warfare. This was one on one. Sometimes when you single people out, then you see just how true they can be. You see what they're really dealing with. It's okay when I got a group of guys with me and we go up against somebody, we all just fight. You don't even know where you land and you just know you're going to land on somebody, but you got somebody fighting with you. But when you have to go through that fight alone, Makes you consider where you really are, where you really stand. And it's important because every battle is not for everybody. The giants you face may be different than somebody else's. But what matters is what power are you operating in? Where's your strength really coming from? Is it your own abilities? Y'all listening? This is important. I'm telling you right now, this is one of the reasons why there's such a demise within the body of Christ. Because folks are trying to do things based upon their own intellect, based upon their own abilities. I don't care how talented I am on the keyboard or able to sing. When I'm up against some obstacles, when I'm up against the enemy, it's going to take more than just a few songs and a few chords to defeat the enemy. If I'm playing just because I sound good, you know, I come up in here and it's the same thing. If I come up in the house of God and that's what I'm playing off of, well, you know, I sound good. I practice this week. Boy, that's, that's real sound good. That's all right. 
if that soul is possessed or under the influence of the enemy, it's going to take more than good sounding music. Sometimes it don't require music at all. Music is there to enhance the service. Unfortunately, you take out the music in some places and you don't have a service. Because there's nothing else to it. All right, I'm being a little too real. I'm sorry. David fights Goliath. He defeats him. And the next thing you know, David goes and grabs the sword of the enemy to do what? Now, it wasn't so much the stone as it was the power of God that took him down. Y'all get that? You can throw rocks all day, but if you're not operating in the power of God, it's not going to accomplish much. Goliath could have shook that pebble off. I'm pretty sure that wasn't the first rock that was thrown at him. But this particular stone, it only took one. Because it was the power of God. It was thrown with purpose and with intent. When David released that stone. Just like we talk about that rock is Jesus. The same stone that the builders rejected. Is the same stone. That is just taking out the enemy. Every time the enemy comes in and he's trying to destroy the church. You can't do it. Because of that rock. Everything else falls and breaks on that rock. That's that solid rock, which is Jesus Christ. I believe that's the stone. And that's not scripture. It doesn't correlate the two. But I believe that that stone, there was something behind that stone rather than just it, it's, it being an object itself. That brought Goliath down. But now when God brings that thing down. You got to destroy it. How do you destroy it? What did David do? Cut it off at the head. You keep letting that giant live if you want to linger around and just walk away and think it's okay. When he get back up, he's going to be right back in your face. Some obstacles that we face. God has given us the ability to cut it off. But you got to be willing to do it. We're going to talk about how to cut some of those giants' heads off. When we talk about fear and addictions and all that, this is just laying the groundwork. Y'all okay with that, right? Because you got to know what you're dealing with first. Can't just walk up in the battle and try to fight and you have no preparation whatsoever. That's kind of what we talked about last week. So when we lay the groundwork, you know that we, we're going into this thing knowing what we're dealing with. What did God give you? You're not operating in your own ability and power. That's what caused us to be destroyed and overtaken in the first place. But what did he say in Acts 1 and 8? And this is kind of almost filtering into the other lesson, so I'm going to be careful. But he says, and you shall receive 
we're going to talk about that in lesson two. I'm just trying to wrap up lesson one. This is laying the groundwork. This is important. It really is. But he cut that thing off at the head. Okay. Let's get into let's get into the lesson. I'm going to try to get through it as much as this is possible. Although David never fought in conventional warfare at the time, he was certainly familiar with facing significant challenges. As a child, his occupation was to watch the sheep, right? David testified to having defeated a lion and a bear and was confident that Goliath would be no different. We see that already. As the scriptures reveal, David approached and defeated Goliath. Today, many of us are faced with giants. And although they may not appear, appear as bears or lions or Goliath, they may appear in other forms, finances, relationships, occupations, academics, ministry, and many other factors can take on the form of a giant in our lives. Some of these giants are self-invoked, self-motivated, and some you have no control over. Some are inevitable. It means you're going to encounter them regardless. They were meant to be in your path. The difference between self-invoked giants and the giants that are put in your path is that those self-invoked ones are not designed to build you. Usually you face those self-invoked giants because of disobedience. But the ones that are placed in your path are meant for your development. God has ordained that but when God ordains you to go through something he's going to equip you before you face it so that's the main difference there the good news is there is a way to overcome any challenge we encounter in life we don't have to be subjected to defeat the scripture declares that every true follower of Christ is made to be more than a conqueror that's what Romans chapter 8 tells us, right? Somebody got that scripture? Romans chapter 8. Let's read it because I want, when you're going through stuff and as we go through these lessons, this is what you need to remind yourself of. Chapter 8, beginning with verse 37. We'll go to verse 39. First person that has it, if you would be willing to read it. All right. It's in Christ, right? So we can't afford to be separated. You know what? I, I believe that verse 37 is saying to me. In everything, every situation, every circumstance, in every aspect of my life. I am more. I am made more than a conqueror. Through who? Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ right? 
That's the one that loves me. Jesus loves me, this I know. Right? Through him that loved me. But here's the difference between just winning a fight and what Paul is talking about to me. When I go into battle on my own ability and my own strength, it's a chance that I'm taking, hoping that I'm going to win. But knowing that there is a chance I may be defeated. The struggle will be which one I become convinced of first. But in the things of God, when I'm operating in the power of God, I I don't even have to guess about it. The battle is already won. Can Jesus be defeated by any power? All power is given unto Right. So when I go into the situation, knowing that I'm operating in the power of God, I'm more than a conqueror because I already know I'm not just trying to fight through this thing, hoping I will win. I already know that I am a conqueror. I've already won. I've already overcome because of the power that I'm operating in, which comes from who? What's his name? I love it. I love it. So there's no need to fret, no need to worry, no need to become anxious. There's definitely no need to compromise or quit when we're faced with these challenges. Because we already possess that overwhelming victory through Christ. So as long as we remain connected to him, he is the source of faith, power, and victory. All right, let's talk about the staying connected because I only got a few more minutes. We're going to see how much of this we can get through. I'm not rushing. We're going to see how much of this we can get through. Staying connected. I want somebody else to read that first paragraph for me. Disconnected from what? Those few words right there can set us up for success in the things of God. Quicker than a 12-step book. Quicker than all 21 lessons included in this series. A separation from sin, because that's what really it's all about. The whole reason why we're in the situation that we're in is because of what? The whole reason why Jesus had to die on the cross was for what? All all were born into. All have. So we all need deliverance from. So we need to stay disconnected from. All right. Amen. So. Go on to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Most of us should know that it's a real short passage of scripture. I don't want to take too much time up trying to go to turn to all these scriptures because you can refer to these yourself, which is why you have these handouts. 
But we will read this one. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Look at that. One of the things that we have to do to make sure we're staying connected or the main thing is just adjusting our focus. The things that we devote the most attention to contributes to the way we view our situations in life. That's why it's so important to watch what you are watching or listening to. Who you spending time around. You ever have some people that just talk negative all the time? You can't hardly hold a conversation with them before they start talking, spewing out some negative stuff. Well, you know, the weather's pretty bad, you know. You go out there and say, well, you know what, man, I mean, it's just, the temperature's just great. Yeah, but it's supposed to rain this afternoon. The weatherman say we got one more one more month of winter. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, but we still got 30 days. It's still going to be snowing. They're supposed to be snowing tonight. It's You know, you, you talk to people like that, and before you know it, if you're not careful, you start talking to somebody else, and they know what type of person you are, and next thing you know, you start, yeah, but... Come to service. Woo. Blow out service. People was at the altar. God was moving, just changing lives. Yeah, but I don't know why that song was just in the wrong key. God help us if we're in the wrong key. People shouting. I mean, God is just moving. You know, people are being touched. People that was sitting on the pews, warming the bench for a whole year. Now they're up and running and moving for God. Yeah, but people was clapping off beat. This happens. I promise you, I'm not just trying to make up stuff to make you laugh. This happens. And it sounds funny, but it's sad. And that's just light stuff. We're not even talking about in-depth stuff that people get in conversations about. And you know what? This is just a side note. I'm sorry, y'all. We watch folks. God moves upon their heart. I'm going to just talk to the church. Is that all right? Folks get a breakthrough. God done moved and did something in their life. I found that the ones that speak in the most negativity ain't the ones that's really contributing to helping. I spend more time talking about folks than reaching out and saying, hey, you know what? Well, this is going to be all right, man. Let's pray about this, all right? We're going to work through this thing. Push through. Work through. Come on. Let's pick up and move on. But if I spend my time talking about you all the time, I can't really look you in the face and say, let's go on, because I'm the one holding you back. Man, I ain't even use my clicker. All right, there we go. Adjust your focus. 
In order to be a conqueror, we must adjust our focus. Part of adjusting our focus is adjusting our thoughts. Thoughts are the results of processed information based upon an individual's perspective. Y'all see that? The key to understanding the result begins with recognizing the source of influence by which the information is provided. That goes back to what I said. You've got to watch. The mind is a, is a, is a terrible thing to waste. It's a powerful tool that God has given us. But if we allow the wrong influence to feed our minds, our thoughts become adjusted to that. You know, I told the testimony last, I think it was last Sunday. But stuff I used to watch. It wasn't conducive to godliness. Years ago, I mean, I used to watch stuff, and I and I said it before, and I say it again. You know, for any child of God that's comfortable listening to a, a, a movie or watching a movie or watching a show or whatever, or listening to music, and they only had one cuss word, and we say, well, at least they only had one cuss word. I'm sorry. What I should be saying is, they got that. It's time to shut it off. One is too many. But the way the videos are set up now, they give you a clue in the beginning. They come on, you got this blank screen, no music, warning, some explicit language. Well, I hope this is good. <laughs> Just this, this is what I want you to do. As a child of God, people that know you. No, I don't want you to do this. I'm sorry. I'm just imagining. If you, people know you. They know you're a Christian. They, you, they know you're a child of God. You go to church. I mean, you, you know, you don't curse. You don't. You don't drink, you don't do all that stuff. You invite somebody that knows you, knows who you are, what you stand for. Put on that same video that you thought was not really a big deal that had that one curse word in it. I guarantee you, when they mention that word, they're not going to look at it from the same perspective you're looking from. It'll be like, they're playing movies with... See, don't they tell, man, I thought you was a Christian. Oh, they'll be quick to point that out for you. And let you slip up and say the word because you got upset at work. Oh, beepity beep. Oh, I didn't mean to say that. Lord, forgive me. Well, it's no mystery why you're speaking it because that's what you've been receiving. And the first time you say it, people go, oh. Now, they hear profanity all the time, but coming from you, <gasps> whoa, you're supposed to be a Christian. Well, how many Christians look at this like, it's not a big deal, it's just one word. 
It's okay. God will forgive me. I got upset. Y'all hear that term all the time? Excuse me. Excuse my language. Excuse my phrase. You know, and I... And I said, I'm like, why are you asking me to excuse you if you don't care anyway? You don't care how I feel about it. You use that as a precursor to let me know you about to do it anyway. So my excuse don't mean nothing. But the church shouldn't be, excuse my language. As a church... All right, Philippians 4 and 8, because this is all we're going to get through today. Pastor, we'll get through these series. I know it. I just feel like some people need to know this stuff. And, you know, it's not that pastor ain't been preaching it, other preachers ain't been preaching it, it's just some folks ain't been listening. Y'all all right? <laughs> I, look, after Sunday school, I'm going to be on the keyboard, and then I'm going to be in the back with my kids and my family. You ain't have to worry about me saying anything else, because it's going to be pastor and whoever's up here doing the announcements and everything else. Y'all going to be listening to announcements, right? Philippians 4 and 8. What did Paul say? Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true. You can do a whole series on that. Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, he didn't say fair. Y'all see that, right? Whatsoever things are just, we serve a God of justice. Whatsoever things are pure, undefiled, whatsoever things are lovely, what, look at that last one. Somebody read that for me. Whatsoever things are negative whatsoever things that just about bitterness whatsoever things are about gossiping backstabbing lying cheating stealing right is that what that says we got to clarify because we got people that's going to be listening to this podcast i guess I want to make sure they don't leave with the wrong impression. We do have the King James Version. It says, whatsoever things are of a good report. Right? If there be any virtue and if there be any... That's why some folks can't praise God. Because they ain't thinking on the right things. We got some immobile Christians... Because they're not thinking on the right things. And you know what the Bible says about your thinking? For as he thinketh in his heart. I taught a lesson a couple weeks ago and I'm going to wrap this up. Oh my goodness, I'm late again. I'm just going to say this and we're going to wrap it up. I told the kid, I said, listen, somebody said something when we were beginning the lesson. So the lesson changed. And all I told him, I said, listen, I want, we're going to write some stuff on the board. I said, I want, you to, I want you to write this stuff down. Think of what a negative person would say about themselves. We wrote a whole bunch of stuff, a whole list of stuff. I says, now, I says, consider this. 
Everything that you speak, the Bible says that life and death and the power of the tongue. It says when you speak it, you are speaking it into existence. I said, consider this. There is a book about your life that's being written. And everything written in that book is based upon what you speak. So your story becomes what you speak about your life. Okay? So if you have said... I am retarded, I'm stupid, I'm dumb, I'm ugly, I'm never going to amount to anything, I'm never going to be this, I'm never going to be that, this is never going to happen. That becomes your story. I says, but here's, here's, so now you're writing your own fate by what you speak. Life and death, right? In the power of the tongue. I wish I was dead. There are young people who speak this stuff. And I'm sure it's not just young people. But they speak this stuff and you're writing your story. I said, here's here's the problem. First of all, whatever you're speaking, expect that this is what's going to come about because you're speaking what you're thinking in your heart. Now. Don't be surprised when those things come about in your life because this is what you've spoken, because this is what you were thinking. This is what your life becomes consumed, consumed about. I said, but here's what's worse about it. Your story becomes your history for those who come after you. So now when others read about your story, history, I said, if you have children... By virtue of what you've been thinking, what you've been writing in your own life, you start to write that in your in your children's life. Now your lineage after you has a story already, and they haven't even really come into existence yet. They don't <clears throat> they don't have the power to speak yet. In other words, I'm giving them an illustration that what you do in your life and you consume your life with, if you're not careful and you don't change what you're writing, you don't change what you're doing, it's going to filter over. Well, here's the deal. The Bible says, whose report will you believe? Who hath believed the report of the Lord? The Lord's report is what's good. Because the Bible says all things work together for the good to them that love God, right? And are called according to his purpose. Anything outside of the will of God and the word of God is not good. And if that's what I consume my life with, I'm not only affecting my life, I'm affecting the people that I'm around and I come in contact with. Now I'm imposing some things upon others because of what I have written about myself or what I've allowed the enemy to influence me to write about myself. When that's contrary to what God has already established about me. All right, I know that was like a big old what you call it. But think about it. Meditate on that. We'll wrap this up again next week. Sorry, it's only seven minutes. Don't be late to the service. God bless you in Jesus' name.